Hey, what's going on there, Youth Pastors? Paul Turner here from the thedisciplesproject.net and your host of the Youth Ministry Motion podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. And if you cannot tell, I have a bit of a uh, sinus uh, issue going on, which means I will keep this introduction short because this is a fantastic uh, testimony that I'm bringing to you. I've interviewed hip-hop artist Jay Nib, and he has a fantastic album out now called In My Own Lane, and I have written two Bible studies to go along with this album. One is In My Own Lane, which talks about our uniqueness uh, as God's creation with gifts, talents, and abilities, and then also Where Are You, which is uh, really just a cry of the heart, uh, which Jay Nib experienced uh, which you'll hear about in the interview uh, and how he wrote that song. And uh, both of those lessons are available to you. I'll put some links down below. They're absolutely free. You pay nothing for them. Go get them and uh, do these lessons with your kids. And I think uh, if your kids love hip-hop, they're going to love Jay Nib. They're going to love the songs. And then you get to uh, share a message using these powerful lyrics. This episode today is brought to you by the Disciple Project Store, where I have a ton of resources for you. And if you are not prepared for fall yet, I have a brand new fall bundle for you. It has over 16 weeks of lessons. It has event ideas. It is the full package. So if you are wanting to spend less time planning and more time in relationship with your students, then go ahead and click the link down in the show notes there. Go check out the fall bundle. It is a great way to support this podcast and will help you start building a successful youth ministry or will help you continue building a successful youth ministry. All right. So listen, if you love hip-hop music, if you love hip-hop artists who love Jesus, you are going to love this interview with Jay Nib. He's such an authentic guy, and I can't wait for you to hear his great and powerful testimony. I hope you'll check out all his music. Those links will be down below as well. Let's go ahead and jump into it. My first hip-hop artist that I'm interviewing on my on my podcast. Let's go, man. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, hey. What, what Ricky Bobby say? If you ain't first, you're last. You're last. That's right. The that's little awesome. baby Jesus. That's right. Yes, sir. Well, that's a privilege. <laughs> I didn't know that. So I'm, I'm very excited even more now about hearing that. That's great. That's sweet. Heck yeah. Hey, hey, like I was telling you, I'm an old hip hop head, man. I, I've, I've been listening for a long time. I go way back. If you, if you, if you look in the catalog of, of from the beginning, I'm talking about early Mike Peace. I'm talking about Stephen Wiley. I'm talking about early '80s when it's first busted out, and I've been following it ever. I've been following it ever since, and so I I love hip hop. I do. I love and I love Christian hip hop, which we'll get into here in just a minute. But yeah, that's that's me. That's that's that I you know I learned. I'll be honest with this. I learned a lot now for good or for bad. I learned a lot of my early theology from Christian hip hop. I'm talking just core gospel basics. Yeah. For the guys that were holding it down, the real guys like SFC. And some of these other bands that were out there that were just PID uh, and all these guys were really breaking it down from a, from a theology point of view and just by general Bible knowledge. I was trying to, you know, uh, consume all that I could, uh, you know, just to learn. Yeah, that's that's awesome to even hear you say that, man, you know, because it's like a lot of people nowadays, rather they're in the church or outside the church, you know, they'll they'll still look at people who take hip hop and represent God with it. And they'll say it's devil's music and all that. But then, you know, you'll come across and you'll hear people like you saying, like, that was some of the first times I was really understanding getting theology lessons and stuff, man. And, you know, it's it's always great to hear that because that's one of the things I always try to focus on, too, is, is before I create anything, I make for sure I pray about it. And I really try to implement everything God wants in the record. And it ends up being, you know great messages like that theology breaking it down but still putting a smooth cool way on it that people can understand and get it you know just like back when you got it and stuff back then that's that's, so that's right. awesome i'm glad i just got to hear that and share that with me that was and, that was and, enough right. that was great with that <laughs> hey we ain't done yet man we're just getting started we're gonna we're gonna jump in the wayback machine and tell tell the people that are watching and listening where it got started for you how did you come to know the lord man uh so how i actually Came to know God. I'll try to give a, a big story, uh, shrunk it down. But uh, so growing up, my family were Christians, right? Up until I was about like five years old. And then that's when my family kind of just started to like 
crumble a little bit and then um, didn't really go to church anymore at all. Uh, but as like the Bible said, you know, raise a child up in the way it should. And, you know, later on, I was made his way back. And, and, but, but for me, I didn't necessarily know how to make my way back because I wasn't trying to make my way back. Right. Mm -hmm. I was out there doing all kinds of stuff, man. I got into music later in life. And I remember I'd made a bunch of bad choices, a bunch of bad decisions, a lot of things that God kept me from, which was by his mercy and grace. Cause a lot of things I deserved, I did not see. And um, I remember when I ended up going and it was probably a couple years prior to my transition and realizing that what my gift was really for in this music, that it was for God, I would have people along the way tell me, hey man, you ever thought about making music for God? I'd be like, huh? No, get, oh, that's stupid. I'd meet other people later on in life. Like they'd be like literally in a bar drinking. You ever thought about making music for Jesus? I'm like, huh? What are you talking about? And it was really those instances of God coming and meeting you where you were. And he was literally having the unlikely people reach me in unlikely areas to bring me out of something that I put myself into, but I was using the gifts that he gave me. And since they were misconstrued. And so I would end up saying that I would continue to see God throughout my life. And I always believed but having the intentional relationship with him, with Jesus, where everything changed. And I began to not just know about religious stuff, but then began to know about kingdom stuff. What Jesus actually preached was when I hit 21 is when God really called me in and he used music to reel me in. And that's what I loved is because I did a lot of things when I was out there in the world for music, like that a lot of people dreamed of doing. He, I was fortunate to do, and it was like, he gave me a taste of it. And then it was like, okay, now you want the rest. You got to do it my way. You know? And like you say, you know, you make plans, you know, we make them, but God got to guide them, you know? And that is when it began to happen. I ended up getting involved in my church back home, Transform Life Church under Pastor Brian T. Excuse me, Bishop Brian T. Was now. He's he been, he been elevating. He had diocese and all that now. <laughs> That's right. But it was under it was under my pastor. I still call him my pastor still to this day. But it was under him where he had no idea at the time, you know, any of the stuff that I was doing in music back then. He just knew I was a kid showing up at his church and that I was into music. But they found out that I knew um, engineering on the music side. So a way to get me involved more in the church, they offered, hey, you know, would you like to help out with the sound and stuff? And I remember I started out doing sound on stage just for the monitors right mm -hmm. and when I was up there one day I remembered he was preaching real real good and it was crazy because it was like I was still more of like a positive person like even J. Neb BC but I had to go and get Jesus in it and I was like man like this is some stuff that I feel like I would tell people that he was preaching that day so it was like God had it perfect where I was just fully locked in and what was wild is that this church I was now in was a church that people had been inviting me to for years that I kept rejecting all the time. So a lot of times we are rejecting our own place where God is wanting to elevate us. And so I finally humbled myself, got in there, started helping. And then while he was delivering this message, he kept looking at me. And I was like, yeah, man, I gave him a thumbs up. I was like, you doing good, keep going. And, and then what I realized later was it was the Holy Spirit was talking and telling him something that he was like confirming, but he kept looking at me. And I remember he ended up going and calling me out. And he said, brother Josh, he said, I want you to come to the front of the stairs. He said, I got to pray for you. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like, let's do it. I go down to the front of the stairs and I had like that Jeremiah experience when he said, the fire shot up in my bones, right? Yeah. Remember, as soon as I got to the front of the stairs, I instantly just got hit with this heat and I started sweating like out of nowhere. And I remember I just started throwing my arms back and forth. I was like, I was, I felt like scared. Like everything was like saying like run away. But then it was like my feet were planted and it was like, I knew I had been running long enough. And I remember he looked at me and he said, before I pray for you, I got to tell you that the Holy Spirit told me that you were supposed to make a song for God. And now I'm just sitting here from these years that had just passed from, like I said, these clubs, these bars, all these people telling me, man, you should make music for Jesus. You should make music for God. And now it comes out of the mouth 
of this pastor that I'm sitting here under, and there's no way he has ever met or knew any of the other people that told me this throughout the years that I kept rejecting. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then he comes down to pray for me. And I had already made it up in my mind then. I was like, okay. I said, I'm going to make one because this is nuts. And he comes down to pray for me. He puts a hand on my head and then a hand on my stomach and he starts praying. And man, listen, I give people all facts, no fiction, man. He started praying and I felt like it was like you get butterflies in your stomach. But this, I describe it as the 4th of July was shooting all throughout my body. Like I felt it in my fingertips, my toes, my legs. I started feeling this just power flowing all through me. And I was like, oh my gosh. First thing I thought was, oh, this is for real. <laughs> and, then, and then he kept praying. And then I remember when I'd always, you know, see these TV evangelists and everything back in the day, how all these people would, you know, be getting knocked out and falling and stuff. I always thought all of it was fake. And, and still to this day, I believe there's some people probably putting on a show. But now I don't believe that all of it is fake because it happened to me. And he kept praying. And then out of nowhere, my knees started getting weak. And I was like, what in the world? And as soon as my knees got weak, my first thought was, oh, my gosh, this is real. And I remember he ended up saying something. And then, like, my knees completely gave out. And I remember... <laughs> I was about to just completely fall, but I didn't want to fall in front of everybody, right? So I opened up my eye and I caught his elbow and I brought myself back up. <laughs> but but then in that moment, I actually went right in and finding out later, I started speaking in tongues for my first time. And it was it was amazing. And then after that, it was like I literally just experienced the power of Jesus. And after that, I feel after you have these real life experiences, can't nothing tell you different because you literally experienced it. You know, you didn't just read about it. You didn't just hear about it. Jesus came and met you face to face. And, and that was just one of those stories, but that was the one that really got me to really start going in with the Lord. And then on top of that, then he, then he did a healing on my body too. Like there was one point I had five shifted discs, my hips were out of line and my sciatic nerve was pinched. And I can no longer drive a car. I couldn't do really anything anymore that I once was able to do. And it was actually at this church prior to this happening, I got this prayer cloth. And this is one of the things I love sharing to the youth. So if I get to come with y'all one day, I'd go even more in depth in this one. But I got this prayer cloth and then um, I didn't use it at first because I planned to go and pass some out to some of my friends. Right. And then so up going and using this one one day because something happened it got so bad even worse and um i remember i placed that placed that prayer cloth on my back while the pain was for over four years and i ended up praying and then literally woke up the next day completely healed like and i'm talking pain pills for years doctor visits saying the only way you're going to get better is through surgery um chiropractor physical therapy nothing worked and then literally in this prayer with this faith, the next day woke up completely healed. And then, you know, so it was like these events that kept adding up. And then that one where it was like, yo, then I fully began to start getting intentional and really walking with Jesus. So extended response. That's the answer. <laughs> but hey, no, no, I love it. And I, and those that are listening, I want you to catch what just happened here. A young man in a church who doesn't know the Lord, who doesn't have his not experienced Jesus to, to, the, to the effect that he's just experienced him. Yeah. That a pastor saw potential in him, started using him in sound, started using him in other areas, and he comes into the Lord. I think that's such a critical thing for youth pastors to hear because there's youth pastors watching and listening who have young men just like yourself, have goals, have dreams, have talent, have ambitions, have other things, and there's ways to bring them in. There's ways to use them in, in ministry that yeah. uh, that could lead to something, you know, to first of all, lead to an encounter with Jesus to, to say, hey, look, you're about to meet the yeah. Lord, uh, but also leads to things like this, where there's extended stories that are going on. But I think that's such a powerful, powerful thing that even in the development, you you know, you had that power of God experience and then started to get to know the Lord, right? You, you were having this power experience, but then it all just started. It, 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 it was a process. It wasn't all just, hey, I got it all together right now. It's it's got extended here. It's, I, I, I'm working on some things, right? Yeah, yeah, and that that's that's where I believe the the whole meaning behind this album, the scripture that God gave me, was Romans twelve two, 
And, you know, it is the scripture that talks about, about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. You see, I had got blessed and hit with the power, but yet my mind wasn't renewed. Right. So people get it twisted because they think that certain things can't happen without the other. But the truth is, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and then your mind is never renewed and Satan is still playing with you for the rest of your life. But that's why it's so important to have the mind renewal, because one of the words you were saying that I love is, is the process, you know, mm -hmm. and I believe a lot of the things with the youth. And like you pointed out, is that a lot of people, they will go and try to pull youth in, but change them right away. And yes. it's like you just have to create an avenue and show them that, hey, what you do you're welcome, but let's try to go and get you involved in something where we can meet you right where you are, just like Jesus met me right where I was. Because whenever you rush the, rush the process, you, you're missing critical steps. You know, it's, I think of it like this is, is, so the scripture that I said earlier, you know, when you train a child up in the way it should be later become, right? So what if we began to focus on the youth as intentional as we focus on the adults now, yeah. because so many churches, the majority I ever go to, and a lot of the ones I've been at have a very small youth ministry, if not one at all, but they'll have a bunch of grown folks there. But if we would begin to put as much focus as people do on the grown folks today, as the youth and reaching them in their ways, we wouldn't even have to always quote the scripture of, Raise a child up in a way it should, because later it'll come back. It would eliminate a whole lot of the later they'll come back because they will always be able to be there. But one of the things that I've seen is that not a lot of focus is put towards the youth in ways that we should. And I believe the process, though, is so important because a lot of times, even us as adults, you know, we'll, we'll want to rush the process, right? We have very little impatience a lot of times. It's like starting up a computer. A computer, it's got this little thing that's loading or this little bar loading, depending on what kind of computer you got. Yep. In the process of it loading, it is getting all the components in line in yep. order for what you are about to use to be fully efficient and actually be used to its highest maximum potential. But if you just rush the process, it's not going to be able to go through all the necessary steps. Just right. like youth and these kids, if we try to just rush them and automatically say, no, you're a man of God, you can't do this, you can't do that. Certain things they're going to do in the ways they need to learn is part of the process so they can grow, you know? Because there's a lot of things that I went through that I was able to learn and find these different skills in order to get me to where I am now. And I, don't rush the process. Sometimes I get impatient. I'm like, man, I wish I was at this next level, but there was critical things I had to learn in this level before loading process that prepared me now for that next level, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think it's important too, that this pastor gave you and, and, and was prophetic in a way, right? He said, look, I see something in you and I, I want to encourage youth leaders that if you see potential in a young person, go tell them, tell them yeah. and take a chance. Take a risk. So if you're wrong, you're wrong. But let me tell you something. If you're right, you're right. And say, yeah. go to them and just say, hey, listen, I, my thing was I'd go to somebody and say, hey, look, man, you got some leadership potential. You ever think about using that? I said, you, you could be a leader in this youth ministry. I said, let me tell you about it. And so I think a lot of times it has to come from leadership to, to them because young people are looking for people to affirm them. They're looking for somebody to say, I see something in you. Uh, they go throughout their days in school where they all, every, all the terrible things are called called out about them, about what yeah. people see. But I think that's important. That's an important principle, too, is that, uh, in fact, I did a little episode. I'll put a link down in the uh, the show notes there about being a prophetic voice in the lives of students that you got to call those people. You got to say, hey, I see something. Come up yeah. here. Come pray. Come do this. Hey, I see something. Let's work on this together. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like like you said, the whole, you know, taking the risk, you know, yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful because when you, when you go and when you read the Bible for yourself, you'll see a lot of times Jesus says, I came so that you might have, you might get, you might. That is letting you know that, hey, you might not, you know, or hey, yeah, you definitely might will. But, but the beautiful thing was one of the stories that I thought of 
while you were sharing that was the one when Jesus and the disciples went across the water and came up upon the man that he came right up to Jesus and he said, who are you? He said, I am legion, right? Jesus could have just said, okay, everybody else cast this guy out, whatever. But Jesus seen something in him, you know? But the same thing is when Jesus sees something in you, a lot of people fail to realize that Satan sees something in you too. Jesus wants it to come to fruition. Satan wants it to be demolished because the kingdoms are contrary to each other. So Jesus ended up going and met the man where he was, met him filled with the demons, met him in the dirt, met him at the cave, met him where nobody wanted him, saw potential in him, and then gave him a chance and then called the demons out. And this is the beautiful part that that I love speaking about that I don't hear too many people talk about is after the man was released from all the demons, right? It says then that that man went on to take over 10 cities with the gospel. That's right. So this is the amazing piece is that you don't want to rush the process with these kids because even though you may see potential or you don't see potential, that doesn't change the fact that they have the potential. That's right. And you don't realize how many cities that child may be having in them. And you don't realize that the importance of you being the youth pastor and the leader of how many cities you're going to be able to influence in your ministry or how many cities you're going to affect by just pulling it out of these kids. And, And that was one of the things that I realized when I was even having my whole transition, man, we talk about a spiritual battle going from all the different successes I've had from the music and then going and trying to switch it over from kingdom of darkness to kingdom of light. Man, everything was battling against me. And then one thing God allowed me to realize later was that it wasn't that Satan was just trying to attack me. Because I remember I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm one person. What is so special about me? But then I realized later that it wasn't because of me it was that all who I was going to reach, that God was going to reach through me. And I was like, wow, you know? And I realized, hey, brother, through me, I know I ain't just got cities. I got states, I got countries, I got continents. It's all in me, and I'm ready to hit right. them all. And, that's and that's right. was that is that God began to do that, you know? Like, I get people all the time hit me up from Africa. I talk to people from Australia. Like, I talk to these people now in these different countries and continents and seeing that the music is being able to inspire them And now I know that's what Satan was trying to stop because Satan also seen that that man had 10 cities of the gospel in him. So he had to try to contain him, you know, I'm about to get excited, dog. That's a good word. That's a good word though, man. I hope, I hope the youth pastors and youth leaders are listening to this, watching this. I hope it's dripping into them. I hope they're getting it. I hope they're like thinking about students they need to go talk to now. Now listen, did you go to youth group at that church? Would you have any youth group experience? At that age, I got pulled back. Like I said, I got serious going into that church at 21. I was a hit or miss at like 17 and then I was gone. But then I really actually started going at 21. Um, When I was really young, when I said like that five years old, there was a couple youth things I did then. But now the most youth things I do is when I go in and I'm either speaking with the youth or I'm putting on a concert for that now. So, but yeah. Yeah, now you, go, you, you go to more youth groups now than you did than you did yeah, then. I yeah, get but, but but again, it's like like now that I know how like because I, I have fun all the time still with the youth when I go out to them now. But sure. it's like if, if I would have known, you know, and like like what they say, like I wish that I knew what I knew now. <laughs> That's right. I would have been all in them youth groups, man, because it's so fun. But at the same time, you know, then my process was loading, you know. That's right. That's it right. Was loading. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, yeah, I, I love the youth groups, man. I love the uh, VBS. Like I just did another one. Um, I did a youth concert just last week for one of the tour dates and stuff. You know, it's just, it's it, one of my favorites has been where it was literally all youth. Like there was only a couple dogs there because they were chaperones, but yeah. bro, I, I love the youth, man. Cause like I said, I just feel so much more attention needs to be given into them, you know? Yeah. And we got to get them a solid foundation of Christ before the enemy comes in and gives him a solid foundation. Because, you know, there's a thing when it comes to building that you could have a 30 story building, you know, and 15 to 30 floors are wrecked, but they won't shut down the building. But the interesting thing is, is that it can be a 30 story building. But if there is a small 
fracture of a crack in the foundation, the entire building gets shut down. So the foundation is so important because if Satan gets to get in and lay himself a foundation, you know, now we got to reach him later. Now you got to tear down what was all built up on the foundation. And then you got to tear up that foundation and now lay down a good foundation, you know? So it's just even more work. That's right. You can't build a 30 story building on a two by two foundation. Right. It's going to be deep. It's got to be wide. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's go talk about concerts. Let's get into the music here because you, you have a song on there. Uh, called where are you and it's haunting i listened to it i'm like this sounds like a desperate desperate man here he has some desperate times break that song down for me what is going on what where is that where does that come from so that song bro was was very deep and personal to me because that was actually a time in my life where i actually experienced being homeless and and what was wild is that it was after i had moved to georgia and one of the things I knew 100% was that God told me to move to Georgia. I, I got a whole testimony behind that. It blow people's minds. If they weren't a believer then, I tell you, I share that story, that move, you're going to be a believer then. But, uh-huh. but I remember, I knew for sure he called me here. And then I was about seven months in, and then I found myself homeless, sleeping in a car all around Georgia. And I had this struggle that lasted for about 14 months until I got into the house I'm actually sitting and talking to you now. And I remember when I was out there, like I said, I knew for sure God called me here, but it was such a struggle. Uh, And then even COVID came and all that. So I had this process that I was going and like showering at at Planet Fitnesses, you know, at the gym and everything, because I still had a gym membership. And I was I was sleeping in Walmart parking lots and Kroger parking lots, uh, trying to go to hotel parking lots, wherever something was 24 hours overnight. Like to this day, if, if you come to Georgia, Atlanta area or metro area, and you go to any Walmart, I guarantee I slept in the parking lot. <laughs> and but But I was just out there in this car everywhere, you know? And, and it was so rough because, you know, it was going through the, the, the winter time and then going through the summer heat. And then, you know, like I said, COVID came and then shut down the gyms. And then now it was like, now I had no place to go shower. I, I remember I had to go buy a gallon of water and some rags and I was cleaning myself, washing myself in an abandoned parking lot. And, you know, I was just out there with, you know, then the enemy trying to come with all these doubts and trying to get me to, you know, believe like, oh, I was mistaken. I was wrong. You know, I moved when I shouldn't have moved. But I continued to believe and I knew for a fact that I was where God called me to be. And in the moment of all that happening is where some days would still happen that this flesh is what we're in. And that is where the song would come from, because I would be sitting there thinking like, 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 God, I I know you told me to come here, you know, and I was in this darkness. And this is what I believe was my biggest now it was my biggest now mental piece because like I said earlier, I had been through the physical with not being able to walk from the spine and all that. And then the transition, I went through the spiritual and then now I was going through the mental and he was taking me through this long wilderness of being able to learn and trust in him and have faith when everything looked wrong. And when I was at the moment of my lowest, I remember I was able to save up some money and then like these bills for some reason that got held back for a moment, then came in and took every dollar out of my account. And then I was negative $139 in my account. And I remembered I was sitting in this Kroger parking lot and I just started crying. And I, it was just all this weight building up. And I was like, God, like what is happening, you know? And then in that moment, is where I felt God's peace literally lay upon me. And as soon as I felt him wrap me up is when I experienced the scripture that says his peace surpasses all understanding. And I remember I just instantly leaned forward and I looked out the the window and it was like, I was just connected. And it was like, I just, I felt him and I knew he was there. And then being able to have that experience of truly knowing that phrase now of peace that surpasses all understanding because the peace that I had, it made no sense to have that peace. Like I was already down and out. 
I was already living out of a car. And yeah. get this, the car I was in was a rental car. It wasn't even my car. My car was broke down in a parking lot with all my stuff in it. I had to continually go back to check every day that it didn't get broken into and stolen and all that because everything I owned was in this car. And then so I'm here driving everywhere, sleeping in this car. At the time, I had put on like, I think almost like 50 plus pounds because the only way I was able to eat was fast food every single day. And it was like, I, I wasn't having no like really time. I wasn't focused on working out anymore. I was focused on surviving. And, but in this time is where God began to, to really grow me even more. Because when I would be sitting there, I'd be thinking, you know, like, God, where are you? Like, where are you in this? And what I found is that I believe there is times he will be a little quiet so we can reflect because when we're always having conversations and we're always talking, a lot of time we never have self-examination because we're too busy and too focused. And even though I was able to look back and see, he was literally there all the time. He continued to supply me with exactly what I needed in that moment. Maybe not what I wanted, but what I needed, you know? Yep. And I remember there was a time where I got frustrated. And I remember I was driving down the road one day and I was like, God, I said, this is ridiculous. I said, if I ain't supposed to be here no more, I said, give me a sign. Like I was ready to go call it quits and go home. Like okay. the devil almost had his way. And I was like, I'll go back to Ohio. I'm sick of this. And then as soon as I did, God dropped the life of Paul on me. And he instantly made me realize that Paul and the rest of the apostles that were out technically were homeless. And I was like, wait a minute. And he made me realize that, you know, they were all sojourners into different lands. And God said, if they don't welcome you in their house, dust it off your feet and just keep going. Right. Yep. That was not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> Man, I was I was so frustrated. But then after that, it also, again, gave me another perception where I was like, wow, like I never thought of that. But now, at this, this happened after your encounter with the Lord or before your encounter with the Lord. This was after this is now when I was living for him, hot, everything like this was after, you know, I think that I think that's a good point to maintain, though, that this is not pre knowing oh, yeah. Jesus. This is post knowing Jesus. Yeah. 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 Because, because now what I'm going to bring this whole thing back to that Romans 12 too, is that I was now still going through the loading phase, still processing and, and, and hitting gym for everybody. It's going to happen until the day you die. <laughs> but, but to continue to go to the next levels and everything, you're going to continue to load and continue to process. But the great thing was, is even in this moment, I know for a fact, I was still going through this in a way that people without God would not go through it at all. Because I remember there was only a few people that even knew I was going through this time that I could talk to. And one of them was my homie, Ricardo Lambert. Um, he lives out in uh, New Mexico and I would talk to him on the phone and I would still be encouraged. I would still be excited because now I had the Holy Spirit in me. And I remember I'd be talking to him and I would tell him, man, you know, I know it's terrible right now, but I can't wait because when God sees me out, man, this testimony is going to be so powerful. It's going to reach so many people. And he was like, bro, I'm going to be honest. He said, if I didn't know who you were, he said, I wouldn't believe anything you're saying. And I was like, I was like, what? I was like, why? He was like, because you still sound so happy and peaceful. I was like, bro, that's because God, man, let me tell you, <laughs> like, like if I would have, again, because we're flesh every now and then I would. I would feel those moods. And that was that time when I try to call out to him. And sometimes I feel like he wasn't there. But the majority, literally, I'd say 90% of the time, I knew I just had to keep pushing because I knew even though it didn't look good, I was still in my purpose. And so I want, I want to put that out there that, that even though you're going to go through things for the rest of your life, you're going to go through them differently for the rest of your life. And right. that is the biggest takeaway. But I remember in the process of going through it, I remember my pastor, he, he would he would say it. He was serious, but he'd laugh. But I knew he was serious. He would say, be careful what you pray for. Mm -hmm. And and I remembered in the time of like it was in the middle of it. God reminded me that I said a prayer to him and I prayed for him to take my faith 
to a level that I've never known. Take me to a level where my faith is just so great and I'm just so in it with God. And let me tell you, I can sit here today and tell you that my faith is at a level that I never imagined in God. My faith and trust in him is where I never thought it could be. But the process of what he chose, if I knew that it was going to be that, I'd have been like, hold up, hold up. Gotta, gotta be another way. Uh, but no. that's, that's the one thing I love, though, is because that we take it as a step at a time, you know, the walking by faith. And, right. and I look at it as that puzzle piece. You know, it gives us a piece of the puzzle. If we seen the whole puzzle, we'd be scared and run with our tail in between our legs. That's but right. We're able to push through because we have him along every single piece. And that was the only way I was able to make it through. And I'm trying to give it to you and it just, just answer the question. But hey. but that's where that, that song really came from because there was times where I was out there and I was like, God, like, where are you? Like, like it was getting bad. And, um, but that Romans 12, two, again, it, it was another part of the process of my mind continuing to be renewed because it doesn't matter if you've been in a church for 50 years you can have been sitting in a pew for 50 years and your mind has still not been renewed. That is the biggest, most critical piece I can share with anybody. And I believe that will come through the Matthew 6, of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because when you truly seek him, the renewal is going to happen automatically. That's right. That's right. And, 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 and let me tell you, I, all I know is I know I, I'm expecting a song uh, uh, coming later on just called Loading. I just want to yeah. I just want a song called Loading. That's yeah. I don't know what that sounds like, but that's the song I want. That's that's what I want. But let's go ahead and take it now. You listen, you're on tour, you're you're going to places. And by the way, don't forget, youth pastors, if you're watching, if you're listening, you can book uh J Nib for your events, for your camps, for your revivals. Make sure you get all the uh, he'll give all this all the stuff will be down in the in the show notes. You can contact him, get a hold of him because this is a great testimony uh for your students, for your church. Be sure to reach out to him. Now, when you are on tour, tell tell me, because uh, I'm interested especially, but everybody's listening, well, the, the things you're seeing, what are you seeing with teenagers right now? When you go to concerts, you go to shows, and, and you're doing these shows, what are you seeing that concerns you? Do you see anything amongst, even amongst church kids or even other events that you say, look, I, there's this thing I'm seeing amongst teenagers that, that concerns me a little bit? Yeah. Um, and I think a little bit of what I said earlier about putting more focus on them is going to play a part in it. But I, I believe one of the things I've seen that is that is sad, um, especially for not even just the teens, but the, the even the younger kids, is that we have to be able to create. And I believe this is where it's going to take of seeking the kingdom and his righteousness, letting God give us the ideas because there needs to be more opportunities. There needs to be more events. There needs to be more connection because a lot of times I'll go do these events. Rather it's, it's cause a lot of not, I don't go to just churches, you know, it's like I, I go everywhere where God takes me. So sometimes when I go and even including churches, this is the one thing that they've done for the youth in a long time. So it's like after I leave, you know, I look at myself as like a hype man for God. I see myself somebody on the front lines for God because I go into bad areas. I go into good areas. And you want to learn more what you're excited about. Right. So I try to inspire and get them this excitement and show them. And it's never fake. It's never putting on for entertainment. It's, it's, it's literally what I've experienced. And I know where they are because it's once where I was. But now I want to get them where I am because I know they can be. And that's what God wants them to be. So I think after I'm done and I leave, I know that now they're going to go right back to just living the way they were. They got no other concerts coming up. They got no other, you know, fun speakers coming in. They got no other, you know, like a, a youth camp or they got they got nothing else. So what I look at and I see is that there is so many more opportunities and so many more things they're able to get attached to in Satan's kingdom here than we are creating and allowing for God's kingdom here. We have the churches and the churches will sometimes put on events, but a lot of times they're catered to the older people. So what I see that is sad is that these kids will come in 
and they will be having so much fun and they're getting so involved. But then after it's done, that's it until what? Like the next year's VBS or the next year's youth camp or like maybe a, a month from now, they'll have maybe be blessed to have another event. But for that next 29 days or 30 days, depending on the month, they're in Satan's world now, you know, and then you get three more weeks or four weeks of a Sunday or a Saturday, whatever kind of church you go to that they're out there. So that's only one day a week and maybe once a month or once a year. So it's that we need to have more opportunities to be able to keep them connected and keep them involved, because when you're not involved, you're going to dissolve. Just made that up. You can have that. There you go. <laughs> But that is real because, you know, one of the things that I have found, like I said, is when you're excited, you want to learn more. So when you're excited and you're enthused, but then there's no action behind it, that excitement just dissolves. And if we allow it to dissolve, well, now you can't blame them for not wanting to come to this event because you constantly have to pump and prime them and get them excited to go. But if, again, consistency gets the victory, we right. got to consistent in order to get the victory for the kids. And I believe that is one of the things that I see most and that I find struggling because I'm going to share this one with you. I did an event right at the beginning of tour when we started in June. There was teenagers there and there was younger kids there. They lived in one of the rougher areas here in Atlanta, in the metro area. Down the strip, you got prostitutes walking. Uh, you got all kinds of crazy stuff, drugs, all these things happening all the time. This is real life. And these kids see it every day. But I was able to go there for an event that they had. And from what I know, it was a once a year thing. And the rest of the time, they're seeing everything around them. Yeah. And what we see a lot of times is going to affect our vision that God gives us for ourselves, because our eyes are going to always lie to our mind, because we're going to see, oh, this is where I'm at. This is what it is. I see what they're doing. They got nice necklaces, nice money, nice cars. Oh, I need to get what they got. And we're not even teaching them about the kingdom of God, that when you apply his principles, common wealth is common. And you can get what they got, but you can get it in the ways of what God has for you. And you're going to be fulfilled and happy. But so it's that Satan is working overtime all the time. And we don't create enough opportunities and ways for the kids to stay connected. That is right. just one of the things that I see, but I feel is, is very important. Right. And I think that uh, that's a great point. Uh, listen, I know there are churches and get people that listen. I know before youth pastor, before you email me, you at me, let me just tell you this. Uh, he's yeah. not saying you'd have a concert every month. He's not right. saying you gotta, you gotta break, you know, have it because most of the people listening and watching, so I don't have a budget for that, Paul. What, what he is talking about and correct me if I'm wrong, Jay Nib, is that look, we're talking about consistency in relationship. We're talking about yeah. consistency in programming. We're talking about consistency in events as far as your budget will allow you a constant right. flow of saying look we can do whether it's consistency through social media whether it's you just doing live videos whether it's you you know just being a part and and allowing um christ and the church to be a part of that relationship through whatever means that may be whatever your budget will allow because the devil don't take no days off right he don't take right. any days off. He, he's constant. He's you talk about consistency. He's banking on the same thing yeah. that we are. Yeah. For him, it's consistency. So I will outlast you. I will. I will. <laughs> I will keep working. You will yeah. get tired. I will not. And so, but I'm telling you, God don't get tired neither. So you know that's. But but the differential then is the consistency we have as youth pastors, as youth leaders, to be able to step into those relationships or program right. or yeah. social media or whatever it may be, to say, look, we're going to be a part of the life journey of these students. We're not just yeah. doing hype. We're not just having concerts. We're not just doing events. It's a consistent relationship that we have with them. Is that, am, I, am I saying that correctly? You are absolutely correct, my man. And, and this is what I tell people is that every relationship is only as strong as the communication. And communication comes through trying. You know what I'm saying? You have to create opportunities. Think about all the youth pastors that are going to be listening, whether you're a male or female. When you wanted to go and get the attention of a significant other or maybe you're married, 
you were willing to do whatever to get in their presence, even when there was no budget. So how much more should we be willing to get in these children's lives when it comes to the kingdom of God? You were trying to get a ring and then be able to go and have relations without feeling bad no more, maybe start a family and do these things for your own desire. But how much more should we be looking to invest into these children? And now, again, I say that to say you don't have to have a budget sometimes. That's why I say get with God and we got to allow him to give us the ideas. It could be meeting up and going to a park. You know, it could be literally doing a group call, you know, like say if there's a, a young man or a youth pastor and he's got a bunch of young men. Do a group call or same thing with the ladies, you know, talk about lady things that ladies are going through and stuff like that. And the same thing with young men. You don't even have to have a budget. We just got to be creative and be consistent. And I believe in God honoring what is going on. So if we are going and praying correctly and we're going and putting in the effort, God is going to honor that. And he's going to continue to bring more things in that you can continue to expand. But we have to first humble ourselves. And we can't just be like, like you were saying, oh, we ain't got that. We ain't got this. This guy don't know what he's talking about and stuff like that. Now, nah, I mean, it's nothing like that. Cause I promise you, I ain't, I ain't got it all together. Uh, like even when it comes to this music and different events I'm trying to do here in this city, I got to humble myself. And like, I'm just trying to ask, and I'm not saying people ain't humbling themselves, but we got to do it all the time because God has got to be able to flow in and speak to us more. You know, if we get too involved in thinking, oh, I'm doing all I can do and it's just not working. Well, hey, then we need to go even to allow ourselves to go on a fast and allow God to come in even more so we can continue to give us cooler, maybe better ideas that we ain't thought about. You know, like I get all kinds of ideas when I try to get myself out the way and just let God come. And I'm just like, oh, man, like, oh, I never even thought of that, you know. And, yeah. you know, there's so many ways that we could come up with things for the youth to stay connected, you know, and then maybe you could have a concert, you know, uh, once a year, once a month, but before and in between. There's so many other things that don't cost money, you know, just ways to get them involved, you know, all kinds of things. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, youth pastors, nobody's, nobody's, we're not trying to make you feel guilty. We're not trying to make, no. we're, not, we're, not, we're not trying to put a burden on you. We're just saying, look, look, let's be consistent in our relationships. Let's not bank on the big event. Let's mm -hmm. not always bank on the big thing. Let's let it's big thing. And then consistency. And then right. a big thing. And then consistency. That's all we're saying. So don't yeah. don't ask people. Don't don't email me. Okay. Yeah, don't, not at don't, all. Don't email Jay Nib neither. He don't care. Don't don't. Don't, yeah. don't, don't send him it's, no mail. It's it's all love, man. You know you it's you can't love. you can't get to the top of the roof without hitting every step on the ladder, right? That's right. That's right. Now, yeah. now let me ask you this. I know there's some people listening. How would you uh, give us a tip for those that are trying to navigate? Hip hop culture, right? Some people, they, some people work in suburban areas, some work in urban areas, some work in all kinds of various areas of there. But if you could help youth workers, say, look, help me navigate this. Like, there's youth pastors that are not like me that have, you know, some hip hop, you know, uh, uh, what do I want to say, hip hop past or hip history, hip hop history that they don't know anything. They don't know anything about hip hop. They don't know anything about that. They're, they say, look, I got kids coming in. I don't understand the culture. I don't understand all this. What would you advise youth workers to say, look, just pay attention to this or, or, or don't pay attention to this, whatever it is, but give them, break down just a little bit of advice for them. Says, look, here's how you approach a hip hop culture. Yeah. So one of the things I would say, um, and, and it's can be like a two-parter, there's a guy named Cookie Williams way back in the day. He was actually one of the guys that created one of the famous gangs that people know about the Crips, right? Tookie Williams he was in an interview one day, he ended up changing his life way later on when he was in prison, started writing kids books and all kinds of stuff. And he said that he actually started the group back in the day because he wanted to go and help try to protect the city from people doing bad stuff. But then over time, he started getting involved into what people were saying and his motives changed and stuff. But when they were interviewing him, one of the things that he said is that why a lot in the majority of people join these gangs and stuff, or they go and fall into these certain types of culture is because they're searching for love and they end up getting a counterfeit love or it's the only type of love they've ever experienced. So they believe it's real love. So if you find kids in certain areas that are going through these certain things in life, just, we always got to continue to like, Oh, that's the music y'all listen to. 
if I want to truly say I love first, let me get a little acquainted with if this is what all they're listening to, let me check it out, you know? And then once you begin to check it out and you know a little bit about it, now we can put the kingdom work to it and figure out, okay, now we can flip it this way, you know? Like, that's one of the things I even said in my lyrics is like, I take the world and I flip it and then I use it as a seed, you know? So it's like, I stay current because I stay listening because again, if we don't know what's going on, we don't know how to pray against certain things, you know? So we, we don't know everything. We don't know every tactic that the devil uses of how he's trying to come at kids and stuff. But we do know from reading from the Bible is that he was the angel and that control of music. The pipes were built into his body. So that's one of the strong things he uses down here. So if the kids come to you and they're saying, oh, we love hip hop music. Don't just shut them down and shut them away. Encourage them and sow a seed into their life of a CD. This is one of the big things. Now, I'm going to share this testimony and hopefully it'll help some. My drummer, who is not my drummer now, wasn't my drummer at one point. He sowed a Lecrae CD into my life. When I figured out my transition that I was supposed to be making this music for God, I was like, what in the world, man? You know, I was just saying all kinds of crazy stuff in music. My mindset was starting to have the transformation. But I was like, what do I do? Do I start singing gospel music now? I had no idea people rapped about God. I didn't know. I was like, I know this is where my gifting was. And I know my gifting was to speak. And now I need to know how to go and use this one to glorify God. He gave me this Lecrae CD and I listened to it. And I was like, wow. I said, this dude's rapping over the same type of beats I rap on, but he's talking about God. I was like, how amazing is that? And it began to now help me navigate where I can begin the process of God having his way with me. So I meet other people and they'll just say, you know, oh, hip hop's of the devil and stuff like that. So, well, now you just shut them away because now you just shut down all relatability because they feel like you, they can't be honest with you now. They feel like they can't speak truth to you now because they think you're going to shut them away. So my thing is to truly love first, allow yourself to be receptive to the culture they're talking about. And then you can go and refer something because me, I don't listen to all genres of music, but I have now allowed myself to dive in to all genres of music because now what I tell um, certain young ladies, hey, you love Taylor Swift? I can't name you two Taylor Swift songs, but I'm like, hey, you love Taylor Swift? You should check out Brit Nicole. You should check out a girl named Sarah Reeves because now I know they have these similar sounds and I know I'm gonna meet them relatability, what I know they like, and I'm gonna show them love. I'm not gonna tell them no, I'm gonna give them another option. You know, right. and the okay. same thing with like a lot of these guys like Migos and a lot of these other rappers, I'll refer to him 1K few. He's got the same sound, but he's a rapper, but he's talking about God, you know? Right. So they'll right. hear it, they'll hear the sound and then they'll start paying attention to the lyrics. Like, wait a minute. Like there's times when I'll still go back in like to the hood in certain areas and stuff. People are like, hey, yo, man, yo, spit, spit, you got to rap for him, got to rap for him. So I'll rap for him. They'll be listening to my flow and they'll be listening to the beat and they're captivated because of the sound. And then by the time I'm done, they're like, hey, did you say something about God? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, I did. But now I met them with what right. they love. I met them in their culture and their ways. And then I delivered it to them in love. But now it was cool and they liked the way it sounded. Now it opens up where I'm able to have conversations with them too about God. And they're receptive to it because I came to them and met them where they're at too. That's right. And I thank you, Brian. Look, I was that guy who would, I'm the, I was the CD youth pastor, would give out CDs every week to some kid. I'd find out what they liked. I'd find mm -hmm. out what, what, what world they're in, whether they're in the rock and roll world or they're in a hip hop world or wherever they're at. And I'd make sure that I have some CDs on hand that I could, because I knew in my heart, I knew that if I could, and there's times like said, just look, youth pastors, you don't have to memorize stuff. You don't have to, you don't have to go all neck deep into the hip hop culture. Look, right. familiarity is one thing, right? You just be familiar. And me, when I could quote a line from a popular song, kids were like, what'd you just say? Right. <laughs> what did you just say? And there's like, you know that? I went, I know some of that. I said, I don't know all of that. I said, but I'm yeah. familiar with it, right? Oh, yeah. and, that's, and that's the thing. I think teenagers just want to know, look, do you care enough to know where I come from? Do you care enough to know where I'm at? 
listen, I, I'm not ready for everything you got to give me, but look, I'll take a CD from you. I'll listen, drop, drop, you know, J Nibs track in your, in your group me drop, Dude. drop Spotify, drop, drop it in Spotify. Look, you can just share music, right? Get, get, get conversations around music. Who, yeah. who does J Nib sound like? Who do you like? Who, you know, and all those things. So I, I think that's such a great point that you made there. Look, you don't have to know everything. Navigate. And, one, and the thing is this, if you just love kids, it doesn't matter what culture they come from, whether they're from a hip hop culture, whether they're from rock and roll culture, whatever culture they're from, it is ultimately they are looking for community and they're looking for love. And the way to step into that is just love kids. So uh, we're going to land the plane here. I got a couple more questions for you. Number one, Question is this, who is on your Mount Rushmore of Christian hip hop? That's, give me the four up on the, up on the, uh, up there. I'll give you four. So, and, and we gotta be mindful that yeah. I ain't been in it all my life. So, right. so you, there's gonna be you some, know. I, yeah, there's gonna be some, I don't know that you know. So the ones that I know, and I'm gonna go as far back as I can. Yes. It, I would put T-Bone up there. Okay. I really like T-Bone. You got some T-bone in you, by the way. I hear it. Okay. I was going to yeah. tell you, I hear it. This was crazy. I just got hip to T-bone about two and a half years ago. I, I never knew. And I started listening to this guy. And I was like, yo, I was like, this guy is great. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, yeah, T-bone. And he's a, he's a cool guy, humble guy, too. But um, I put T-bone up there. And, yes. and when I'm about to give this, I'm not just giving who is my favorite. I'm right. giving ones that I think that had the most longevity and the most impact. So that's they, that's, they, they move the dial. They move the yeah. dial. Yeah. So I would say, I would say definitely T-Bone. Look, I'll, I'll get, look, I'll give you a pass. If you can't come up with that fourth, are you saving it for yourself? That's okay. If you want to, you know, if you said I'm saving that spot for me. Listen, one, okay. one, I, I don't one, hate that. Yeah. One day that, that, that'd be cool to, if I, if I became somebody in Mount Rushmore, but, but because uh, I do think of, you know, again, like, like I said, like people that have really put a shift to things, you know, like, like my homie Kent Jones comes to mind. Um, Cause I know he did a lot, especially in this area. Um, also right. my homie, like Kate, Kate drama comes to mind, you know, he's done a lot, been around for a long time and a yeah. super, nice you know, so it's like, but then again, it's like, there's so many other guys that I know I don't know about, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, like Kent Jones, K drama uh, going all the way back to, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, I can't think of his name now. I can picture him, but but you know some of the other guys and stuff. So I don't know. I'd, I'd have to give those solid three. Okay. And I was, my fourth would just interchange every now and then. That's right. And, <laughs> and then right, there's a whole group of people that could fit in there. Yeah. Yeah. That would do that. But I, I look. I'm I look. I don't hate that list. I like that list. That's a good list. Now yeah. listen. Talk talk to my talk to my youth pastors. Talk to talk to the youth pastors out there. Give them an encouraging word. What do you want to say to them? I would say continue to do what you've already been called to do because you're already doing a phenomenal job because you've already accepted your calling and you're walking in it. Don't allow discouragement to come because you don't think you're doing enough. Just continue to allow God to use you in all the ways that he's trying to. Because one thing that I have learned is that if you're willing, you're ready. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be the greatest. But if you're the most willing, you can become the greatest. And that is becoming because you're allowing God to completely have his way in you. And whenever you believe that you have hit your top and that, oh, I've exhausted everything I can do, go on a fast and allow yourself to realize and know that if you have the Holy Spirit in you, God is not in time, but he's outside of time. He's before time and after time. And that same spirit lives in you. So that means that unlimited resources are accessible to you. So the moment that you think you're done is really when you could just begun and allow God to continue to push you, your ministry and everything to the next level, ignite your fire, make it even bigger and greater. But just don't become discouraged. And if you do, just continue to go to God and let him know and he will continue to love on you and draw you higher. And I applaud every single one of y'all for even taking on and listening to that calling because I know it would be so tough in those positions, in pastoral positions of any kind. But 
y'all have been called to it because it's been a gift that y'all have been given. So continue to embrace it. And I love y'all. And I know this man loves y'all. And we appreciate what you do and just continue to be great. I, that's it, brother. Hey, listen, Jane, Jane, thank you so much for being on the show today. Tell everybody where they can reach you. How can they listen to your music? How they can get a hold of you? All that good stuff. Definitely. So again, the new album right now is called In My Own Lane. It's out everywhere. You can just search In My Own Lane, J-Nib, that's J-N-I-B-B, and it'll pop up everywhere. And then any information you want to find on upcoming tour dates or whatever, or if you want to, you want me to come out, you want to be a part of one of the shows or concerts, you want to come just have me speak at places, because say you're one of the people that maybe you don't want to go into hip hop just yet, but you want somebody involved in hip hop, but just to speak. I go and speak places too. You can just go to j-nibb.com. Everything is on there. Or you can shoot an email to booking at jnib.com, B-O-O-K-I-N-G at j-nibb.com. And you can get merch and all that other stuff. And you can always just contact me on social medias. Everything is just at j-n-i-b-b. Shoot me a message, a comment, whatever. We can always connect and I'm always down to continue to grow with each other. That's right. All the links in the show notes, people. All the links are down there. You can get a hold of him. J-Nib, thank you so much for being here today, brother. Thank you for sharing your heart, your story, your music. Cannot wait to see what God does with you. I appreciate you, man. I'm thankful for people having platforms like you to be able to bring on and to be able to continue to talk about God and all what we do. And hopefully it just continues to inspire a bunch of people, man. I appreciate you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed recording it because uh, Jay Nib is just such an authentic guy. He's the first Christian hip hop artist I've had on this podcast. I hope he will not be the last. You're welcome to hit me up and let me know who you'd like here on the podcast. Just send me an email. That'll be down in the links below as well. And let me know your thoughts on this interview. Did you enjoy Jay Nib? Do you enjoy his music? And be sure to go ahead and reach out to him and just say, hey man, heard you on the show, loved your testimony, love your music, give him some props and, and just love on him a little bit. Okay, guys. And that's it for today's episode, everyone. And don't forget if you haven't heard lately that you're doing a good job let me tell you you're doing a good job and you're only going to get better and i'll see you guys in the next episode